Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. I'm Rachel Olson. And I'm Teresa Mills. And you know what? Every week we gather around this little table and we talk about things that I hope resonate with you. And what I am hearing from the gals that recently have been to one of our events, we just did one uh, with Teresa up in Virginia. We did one in North Carolina. We've had so many wonderful things that have come out of that. But here's something that I just heard two days ago. And I want to know if maybe you've experienced something like this. And we're going to call it a defining moment. You know, the moment in your life when you say, oh my goodness, (laughs) I can never live life the same as I've lived it in the past because from this moment on, God is asking me, are you going to do exactly the opposite of where you've been? I mean, draw the line in the sand and absolutely turn and go his direction. And when when I talk about a defining moment, I got excited because we read an article about Luke Perry having a defining moment with a massive stroke. I'm talking about this story I heard two days ago. So we're driving through the neighborhood, and I've got my brother and sister-in-law in the car. They're visiting from Indiana, and we're kind of showing them some new houses that are going up in the neighborhood. And as we slowly turn the corner, a, a guy is out in the driveway, and he recognizes my husband who's driving the car. And he runs out, and he waves his arms, and he wants us to stop. And so we stop. We roll down the windows. He said, Luann, Dwight, I've got to tell you, I've got to tell you what happened. And we said, tell. He said, no, you know, my wife, she, she came to the event that you guys had. And she said it was so great. But, but did you know she invited our neighbor, our neighbor who doesn't know Christ and just lost her husband recently. Mm. And she was so depressed and so lonely and so down. And so she bought a ticket for her. And two days before the event, this neighbor's daughter, grown daughter, decided to come and visit her mom. Well, her mom was then torn. She didn't know, should I go to the event and leave my daughter at home? And so this man said, my wife called and said, can I please get one more ticket? Can I please get one more ticket? And of course, God provided that ticket. We had someone who couldn't make it, and that daughter ended up getting her ticket. And he Mm. said, look, I've got to tell you what happened. This girl sat and listened to all of the speakers. She was absolutely undone when she listened to the worship music. And then she saw the painting. And then she found her name in the prayer room on a name of God. And she was totally undone. Mm. And when you gave the invitation 
to come forward. If you want Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you want to make a decision that will change your life forever, today's the day. He said, Luann, she couldn't get down front fast enough. And she totally turned her life over to Christ. This is a girl who didn't know. She was not a believer. Wow. And, wow. and she came back and she said, Mom, this event, this day changed my life forever. Whew. A defining mm. moment. Wow. That makes all the work of those events so worth it pale in comparison to to hearing the rewards of of a story like that it's it's an honor to be a part it's so powerful you never know how one pivotal moment in life can turn everything around like that like one visit to mom i'm sure this was not exactly what she was expecting when she came to visit mom but god had his eye on her the whole time i love i love that that he's already orchestrating our steps even before we fully know and discover who he is he loves us that much to lead us and to bring us to that place where we have that defining moment. And praise God, she just said yes and, and realized how her life could be different and how much truth there was and how much love that God had for her. I love that. Well, I love the, uh, I, I love that. And I, you're right. There are so many times when God uses everything, right? He doesn't waste anything. And when we, when we get so focused on, oh, this is probably what he's doing right now. This is probably how he's going to answer this prayer. This is probably what's going <laughs> to happen. And then he he just, he opens, he pulls the veil back and he's like, oh no, I'm not just doing that. I'm doing a multitude of things that you can't even see or imagine. And you find out later, oh, no, I helped my friend. And in the process, it helped me and it helped 13 other people. And so uh, today, I just want to wrap our brains around those defining moments in our lives. Because I don't know about you girls. But sometimes I have those defining moments when God clearly tells me, this is the way, walk in it. I take off like, like crazy. I'm like 150 mile an hour. I'm full speed ahead and I'm going. And then somewhere along the line, the, the mundane sets in. The, the everyday kind of takes over and all of the monotonous decisions that you have to make in everyday life kind of drains the energy out of that drive that you once had when you were called to that defining moment. And maybe it's not the moment that you gave your heart to Christ, but it's the defining moment where you can look back and say, oh, yeah. God clearly gave me direction and purpose and a, a mission, and I felt it with every core in me. You know, I felt it with every nerve ending. I was on it. And somewhere along the line, I kind of lost my, my vigor. And I, I think about in Revelation and different parts of the Bible where it says, you know, you've lost your first love. And, and sometimes in those defining moments, we get that first love 
where we're just on fire and we're ready and we're so determined it's going to be great. And then just like your friend, Rachel, who had the rebuff, we're like, ooh, no, I wasn't expecting that. And then pretty soon we kind of let our flame turn into a flicker. I think there's another verse that I think of when you say that. Um, and it basically says, oh, foolish one, how, why are you trying to finish in the flesh what you started in the spirit? And I have thought of that a few times. You, you get, you have this moment and you can feel that God's spirit is leading you. You, you feel that direction and you know it's his spirit that's helping you. And yet somehow our human brain takes over and then we try to strategize and we try to figure it out. That's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. <laughs> it's like um, to sit and figure it out, figure it out. And um, I'll never forget when I heard the phrase that God wants us to have freedom from worry, freedom from doubt, freedom from trying to figure it out. And sometimes we can't. And we lose operating by his gentle voice or his spirit because now we're trying to do all this effort in the flesh and we get exhausted and we lose that passion. You know, I remember if I'm just totally honest, I remember that I used to love when people would come to me with their heart um, and just bear their heart to me and share those things that were so tender and that they were hurting about. And I loved it because I loved to listen and I loved to pray with them. And and then something happened at a certain point where the number of people that were coming to me increased. And instead of me taking every one of those situations to God, I actually began to try to figure out their problem for them. And suddenly I'm like, why am I not enjoying this anymore? There was such joy. <laughs> there was such joy in the beginning when I was with them, when I prayed with them, when I cried with them, when I allowed God to speak through me to them. But then along the way somewhere, you know, my natural tendency, I want to fix it, I want to fix it, came in and the burden, oh my gosh, not only did I have my own burdens, I had all of their burdens. I'm like, this is not supposed to happen. <laughs> it's supposed to be a joy again. And when you can realize, wait a minute, when did I get back in the flesh? I'm, I'm trying on my own Teresa way to figure this out. I can't do it. I'm not doing them any good. I'm not doing me any good. And so for me, it was a moment when I felt, I, I told someone, I says, this feels so heavy. And as soon as I said that, I was like, you know, it's not supposed to feel that way. Because God said his burden is light. And so, I, you know, I think there are times where we have to take take a step back and look and see where the adjustment comes. And perhaps it's because we have interjected ourself so much that his spirit isn't really having the chance to really strengthen us and flow through us the way that we originally found joy in. I think that's a super salient point um, that we do start out so excited that God is with us and that God invites us on this adventure um, of faith with Him. And then it, you, we do wind up kind of getting off into our own strength. And I, for me, sometimes part of that is in my desire to want to please God and my desire to want to be Christ-like 
it makes me hyper-focused on all the ways that I'm not. <laughs> and then I want to fix those things, fix those flaws in me so that I can you know, please him and be a more effective in service to him. But um, that's God's job as well. <laughs> you know, maturing the fruit, that's God's job as well. I'm also supposed to trust him and have faith in him to do that. But um, yeah, crazy, isn't it? We all, as women, have a tendency to want to fix everything. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had I had my husband the other day. I'm sitting on the couch and it's nine o'clock at night and I've got an email going. I've just gotten off the phone and I have texts going. And he says, honey, do you have to fix everybody's problems? <laughs> and I realized, oh my goodness, I am trying to do that. And, and so as we talk about the defining moments in our lives, I don't want us to get watered down uh, that watered-down feeling that I sometimes get, like if God brings a new opportunity to me and gives me this uh, vision of, okay, Luann, I have opened this door on purpose, and I want you to pay attention, and, and, and my senses are out, and I, I know it's God, but my flesh side of me says, I don't know if I have the time or the energy, God, to take this on. And when I, when I water down what God is trying to do, and I water down that defining moment that he is trying to offer to me, not only do I stunt my own growth, but I totally lose the opportunity you know, it's like a match that's lit and then it's gone. And God says, I'm going to keep giving you these opportunities to have defining moments, but you have to be willing to step into it, not in your own power, not in your own flesh, but do it with me and watch what I do through you. And not only will you grow, but those around you will be impacted for eternity. You know, it reminds me of one of my favorite passages in Galatians. And I especially like this, the way uh, it was written in the message translation. And it's in Galatians 3, starting at the, be the beginning there. And this is what Paul's writing there. He says, how did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think that they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin the work, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole learning process for nothing? It's not a total loss, but it could be if you keep this up. Answer this question, does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his own Holy Spirit, working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him to do them in you? Wow. Okay. 
toes officially stepped on. Yeah, thanks for that, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that totally expounded on the verse that I shared. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing is, and I think that I'm doing right by my with my strenuous moral striving, <laughs> and and it's not that that's wrong, but it's that I lose sight of where the true power source is, and I lose sight of the fact that it all comes back to my faith and trust in Him and not in whatever works or plans I can come up with and how many things I can fix. You know, that's so true because, you know, I was thinking about this scenario, how often, I mean, we're not responsible for any of the results. We're just responsible to follow through with what God asks us to do. And He takes care of that. And one of the Mm -hmm. examples, um, our family was traveling um, one summer and we were heading west And we ended up in Memphis, Tennessee uh, on that route. And I'll never forget this. We we stopped at an O'Charlie's restaurant and we were sitting there and felt so strong that I was supposed to say something to this waiter. You know, it's one of those feelings that you can feel like starting to churn, start from your feet up. And I'm like, oh, God, please don't make me say anything. Please don't make me say anything. I don't want to say anything. I'm going to feel crazy. I'm going to feel foolish. And My in-laws were across the table from me, and I wasn't sure what they would think. But I kept feeling so strongly to talk to this waiter. And there had been all kinds of crazy music playing. But the moment that he came back over to the table, and I asked him a question, and I said, I don't even know what I said. Maybe I said, is there something I can pray with you about? I just feel like maybe there's something heavy on your mind. And he looked at me, and he looked at all of us. He pulled up a chair to our table. Imagine my surprise. <laughs> like He pulled up a chair and began to tell us some situations going on with his family and, and how deeply grieved he was about this. And the moment he pulled up that chair, the song changed, and I can only imagine began playing while we were talking. And mm. we shared encouragement and hope with him right in that moment and prayed with him and then left. And our whole family was just... We were lifted up because we saw that God really did work and move in that moment. And we have never forgotten Jay the waiter from O Charlie's in Memphis, Tennessee. We have no idea who this man is. But the joy is we weren't responsible for any of the the outcome of the situation, but we were responsible to just be obedient to what God said. And God's going to work it out. God would plant the seed. And I've thought about that so many times to where we get in trouble, to where if we then try to follow it up and say, okay, so did you, you know, how did this turn out? Is there something else I should do? No, just back away. Do what God said and watch Him take care of it. And then you have the joy and it, it feels light and burden-free because you're not trying to then step in and do it on your own. And that's what God is trying to get us to understand, that when we just do what He's calling us to do in that moment, that defining moment that we step out and do it, then we see how it unfolds. And the next time he asks us to do something that's uncomfortable and you feel that, that tingling going up your spine and you, but you don't, you aren't as intimidated by it and it, you don't let it stop you because you saw what happened before, you know what happened before. And so then you have a little bit more courage and you have a little bit more boldness because you go, okay, God, 
I don't have to feel comfortable in this because you've got it. And so you just do your thing, you say your part, and then you let God take it from there. And I think you're right, Teresa. That's where we take the defining moment and we deflate it (laughs) because we try to carry out the finished product and none of us are able to do that because the Trinity is already full. There's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. There's no Teresa, Rachel, or Luann in that Trinity. Here's, I guess, the the thing that I really felt God was saying, drive this message home because we all have those defining moments when we absolutely connect with God and we know without a shadow of a doubt that He is in it. And there's something so powerful and exciting about those moments. And then we kind of lose the, the, the excitement and the, the vigor. And we let that energy kind of wane and we get sidetracked by other things. And then... We, we don't allow those moments, those fleeting moments to happen again. Those defining moments that maybe we're the catalyst that helps that, that young man in the restaurant have his defining moment. Or let's Rachel have that defining moment when she is hearing her own voice talk back into her ears and down into her heart. When we allow God to speak through us and to take that next step of obedience, the defining moments don't ever have to end. We can go from one defining moment to the next, watching God illuminate our path along the way. May the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online, when you get a chance to sit down and breathe, at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week, where we fill you up one cup at a time. Rachel, I am so excited about our new website. Oh, it's looking so good. Have you been to it lately? Well, I don't know if our friends sitting around the table have, but I want to encourage you to stop by encouragementcafe.com. You're going to find so much that is going to make you have the courage you need to encourage others.